It's been a busy first week of action in the world of college basketball, but we're missing several marquee names. When on earth are we going to see reigning national player of the year, Oscar Sheway? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college basketball show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making our show your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can make sure to subscribe right now. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So here's what we're going to do today. We have a conversation with Kentucky host Lance Daw, where we're going to find out more about what's going on with the Wildcats. When's Oscar Sheway coming back? We're going to have a conversation with Locked On Jayhawks host Derek Johnson to find out what's going on with the absence of Coach Bill Self and when Kansas gets him back. But first, we got to start by recapping the first several days of the season, what's been going on with the action. Again, if you were with us on our first day, you heard us talk about the lack of marquee games in these first several days. If you didn't check that out, make sure to go back and listen immediately. But first, I want to get you caught up on these first three nights. As a reminder, on Monday, the first day of the college basketball season, all 25 AP preseason top 25 teams were in action. None of them again until tonight, Thursday night. Five are going to take the court again. You've got three Big 12 teams in Kansas, Texas, and Texas Tech, as well as Creighton and Indiana. So we got some top 25 action going back again tonight, and obviously we will on Friday as well. So here's the deal. Monday, all 25 were in action. All 25 played at home. All 25 won. Literally all of the AP Top 25 won on Monday. And 24 of the 25 won by double digits. Where are the good games? Again, we have to have better, more marquee matchups. But there was at least one close call in the AP Top 25, and the ignominy goes to TCU, the Horn Frogs from Fort Worth there. Yikes, potential Big 12 dark horse um, in, in the Big 12 race there. But uh, they did not look so on Monday night, but we'll say more about that momentarily. Here's how this game played out. TCU was down by 11 to Arkansas Pine Bluff. At halftime, they were down by as many as 20 midway through the first half. Um, the, the second half was much closer. The teams trade leads back and forth. TCU goes on this run, and I thought, oh, man, it's over. Pine Bluff's going to fold, but they didn't. They stayed with the Horn Frogs right down the stretch. But here's what you love to see. Your biggest players making big plays in money time. So Big 12 preseason player of the year, Mike Miles, hits a wide-open three. I don't know how on earth you let the preseason conference player of the year be that open, but he was for a three-pointer under a minute to go to put K-State, or excuse me, to put TCU back ahead. And then Pine Bluff had a shot at the buzzer, a game win, potential game-winning shot, and just missed it um, from the baseline. It wasn't even a desperation. It was a good look. Uh, it just didn't fall. TCU escapes with the victory. 
Now, the biggest game, the best game, Andy Patton and I, our co-host on the show we're looking at on Monday, was Vanderbilt and Memphis. Vandy hosted the Tigers there in Nashville for a game. Memphis ends up winning that one 76-67. to So there were a couple Power 5 schools that get knocked off. Vanderbilt is obviously one of them, as we just talked about there. But there were three other Power 5 teams to lose on opening night. Let's run through those as well. One of them is an upset potential that Andy and I actually discussed on the inaugural Locked On College basketball show. We predicted this upset. This is a really neat matchup. Florida Gulf Coast, you might remember their ascendance in the NCAA tournament several years ago under head coach Andy Enfield, who is now at USC. So Florida Gulf Coast goes all the way to the Pacific Coast to play USC on opening night and beats them 74 to 61. So Andy Enfield's former team comes to his house and beats him. That is brutal. Yikes. You hate to see it. Um, and in fact, on top of that, the Trojans were picked fourth in the preseason Pac-12 poll. And so not a great look for Coach Enfield's team. They were not the only Pac-12 team to go down on opening night. Cal lost to UC Davis 75-65. to But let's just be frank and honest. Cal is awful. Enough said. <laughs> Staying uh, in, in the Pac-12, I do want to point out a, a team that has been a loser literally all of 2022 that finally won. And when I say a loser all of 2022, it's not hyperbolic. I mean, literally, the Oregon State Beavers had not won a game this calendar year. Their last win was December 30th of 2021. They beat Utah at home on December 30th, literally lost the final 18 games of last season. But finally, on opening night, they get a win. Uh, uh, Oregon State is off the schneid. What a collapse after that uh, unexpected Elite Eight run. The year before has a miserable 2021-22 season, and they start off this year with the win. You'll love to see the roller coaster ride going on in Corvallis. The fourth uh, Power 5 team to lose on opening night was the lone ACC team to go down. That was Florida State, interestingly enough, losing at home to Stetson 83 to 74. I said last one, there's actually one more power five school I didn't mention, and that's Oklahoma, who lost to Sam Houston State 52 to 51. This was a low scoring affair, 26 to 19. Oklahoma was actually leading at halftime, but my goodness, Sooners, what are we doing? We can't be having that. Sam Houston State. So, of power five schools losing on opening night, you had Oklahoma, Florida State. Cal, USC, and Vanderbilt. So uh, five power five schools lose on opening night. Now, here's the bottom line for everyone. Whether you won big or you lost on opening night, listen to me. Do not read too much into it. Fans have a miserable habit of overreacting to one game, particularly the first game of the season. Why? Because you spend all offseason speculating about what you think is going to happen, what you expect to happen, and then it doesn't happen that way. And you think, oh, the coach is an idiot. AD should fire him. We're, we're done for the season. Can we just pump the brakes a little bit? And remember, there is a very long college basketball season ahead of us. Uh, it, it's not that game one is a throwaway game, kind of like an exhibition. But you have to factor in nerves. You have to factor in learning new teammates. You have to figure out who plays a little bit differently when the real lights come on when there's real fans in the stands, etc. 
Now, if these game one results turn into a two, three, four game trend, then we need to talk. Then we need to have eyebrows raised and be concerned. But for now, just let it ride. And then we'll talk more about it later. Unless, uh, unless you're cow, there's no hope. Uh, but if you're a TCU fan, FSU fan, USC fan, better days are ahead. Need not worry. But again, cow. Yeah, you, you guys are, you've seen what you are. That's what you're going to be this year. Sorry about it. Well, question I asked off the break. When do we get to see the glorious return of the reigning national player of the year? We'll find out momentarily. But first, this episode is brought to you by Upside. <laughs> Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back. I've stopped buying coffee as much. And frankly, I just make my own at home these days most of the time. Whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. And that's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, I think that's me, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, I don't have to cut back as much because I get cash back on every single purchase. So now that I've been using Upside, I can keep grabbing my favorite chestnut praline latte from Starbucks. If you haven't tasted it, you'll thank me later because of the extra cash in my pocket from literally every time I go spend it at the pump, I'm looking at Upside for that rebate. So to get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever it is you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual using your credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app right now and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, as we get ready to talk with Lance Daw, the host of Locked on Kentucky, let me remind you that for your second listen today, we'd love for you to check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only the Locked on Network can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever else you get podcasts. We are joined today on Locked on College Basketball by our host of the Locked on Kentucky podcast, Mr. Lance Da and the Kentucky Wildcats preseason number four off to a one and oh start stomped Howard on opening night, 95 to 63. But the big storyline coming into the beginning of the season, Lance, there was no Oscar Shibway and there was no Xavier Wheeler. What is going on with the Wildcats? Well, as of right now, Oscar Shibway sitting out with a minor knee injury. He had a procedure done on his knee midway through October. So it was about a 15-minute uh, little procedure just to kind of clean some things up. He was out for the season opener against Howard, like you mentioned. And Coach Cal has been pretty secretive, honestly, about his status uh, throughout the past few weeks. He said that he didn't expect to see Oscar on Monday. He said that he was doubtful for the Duquesne game tomorrow. And he said he would be somewhat surprised if he was he was in the lineup and similar things he said about severe Wheeler. Wheeler actually uh, had a similar knee injury, not a procedure done, but a similar knee injury. Uh, and he was uh, out after the Missouri Western State exhibition game just a few days ago. So, yeah, both those guys were out for the game against Howard. But like you mentioned. Huge win, 30-point-plus win for the Wildcats. So not a ton of concern, but if this thing does continue, 
there could be some questions rising from the fan base. Absolutely. And, and especially with, I, I'd picked up on as well, what you mentioned about coach K coach Cal, excuse me, being yikes, uh, pretty uh, secretive and veiled about it. Does that give you like, to me, that says this is worse than he's letting on is, is there anything that, that, that leads you to believe? I think that from my perspective, you know, that could be a possibility from my perspective, though. I don't necessarily think it's something that's extreme, both for Wheeler or for Shibway. My perspective on it has been, I think that they had the minor procedure on Shibway and they were going to hold him out regardless until the Michigan State game next week. And so I think that that's a chance where you could see both these guys not play against Duquesne tomorrow, but you could see them ready to go against Michigan State. It's I I genuinely believe if they wanted to play one or two of those guys or both of them this Friday, they would. If Michigan State was playing tomorrow against the Wildcats, I think that they would be in the rotation. Now, whether or not we do get to see them against Michigan State is the question. If we don't, then that theory is confirmed, then that maybe this is a little bit more serious than we think. But to be honest with you, I'm not particularly concerned about it until we see them potentially play against the Spartans (laughs) or not. We'll just have to see. So all eyes will be on the Champions Classic next Tuesday night. Do we get to see the reigning national player of the year back in action? I know the whole college basketball world, except maybe Louisville fans, is hoping so. Part of the reason that Kentucky and Coach Cal feels comfortable to leave both of these two guys to not rush them back is because of freshman Kaysen Wallace. What did you see from him against Howard on opening night? I said it heading into the season, Isaac, and I'll say it again here. He's my favorite player on the team because he allows Kentucky to do a couple of different things offensively that Severe Wheeler did similar things, but it's not necessarily the full full bag. I think Kentucky is is just as good in transition with Casey Wallace running the point as when Wheeler is. But the difference here is the size. Obviously, Severe Wheeler undersized, five foot nine. Casey Wallace, though, six foot four, can handle the ball just as well. You look at his stat line against Howard: fifteen points on seven of eleven shooting, eight rebounds, nine assists. Got really close to a triple wow. double in his first game <laughs> as a Wildcat. Also had two steals on top of that. You know, he was pegged as a as a very talented defender coming out of high school, but not enough people were talking about his offense and what he could do. Uh, he's, uh, I think as a draft prospect, he's been kind of pegged as this like three and D type of guy, but he truly does have the entire bag. He's got the mid range. He's explosive whenever it comes to getting to the rim and transition. So he's got everything. And on top of that, he's six foot four, which I think a lot of wildcat fans are really happy about. And this is not to discredit severe Wheeler, obviously one of the best assist men in the entire country, obviously, but you, you start to feel maybe a little bit more comfortable about the upcoming non-conference slate with Gonzaga, Michigan State, Michigan, Louisville. You've got all these different really big games coming up. You start to feel more comfortable and say, okay, let's say Severe Wheeler maybe isn't 100% throughout this non-con slate. Well, you've got Casey Wallace, I think, who is just as capable of running this Kentucky offense, and I think he proved that against Howard on Monday night. You love to see it. Now, for Coach Cal, uh, the the Wildcats lose in the first round of last year's NCAA tournament to St. Peter's, the darling of last year's run. Meanwhile, Coach Bill Self in Kansas, he picks up his second national championship title. Is there real pressure on Coach Cal to match that and get his second national championship, either this year or in the next several, to start? I don't want to say there's any kind of hot seat. Let's not get there because we've got the lifetime uh, contract. But but where's the Kentucky fan base at on this? 
Well, the Kentucky fan base was melting down in March, like you mentioned, after that loss to St. Peter's. There were a, there were an uncomfortable amount of fans online calling for Coach Cal's job. I think uh, it was not logical. I don't think it was it was a very logical take to have <laughs> because, like you mentioned, that lifetime contract. And like you said, I don't necessarily think there's going to be any hot seat type of uh, conversation but there's definitely an expectation for Kentucky to, you know, surpass what last year did. You know, obviously the Wildcats rose, they peaked, I think, a little bit too early. Then injuries and just inconsistencies on offense just kind of started to grow as the season went on. And it all came to a head in the St. Peter's game uh, that obviously Kentucky eventually lost in overtime. There's definitely an expectation. I think this year and next year are probably Kentucky for the foreseeable future their best opportunities to potentially go and get to the final four or win a national title. I've talked to different members of the media. I've talked to different fans about this. There is an expectation that Kentucky goes out and at least gets close. Now, whether or not they do that is obviously uh, difficult to predict considering it's a single elimination tournament. And it's, you know, that's something that I was preaching to uh, my listeners throughout this summer is guys, we need to be able to kind of, you know, measure our expectations because while this may be, you know, such a talented program with so many talented players on it, it's so hard to win March Madness. Like statistically, if you break it down, it's so hard to even go far. So you could have one of the best teams in the field. You could have the best team in the country from a stat standpoint, from a talent standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. But if you slip up once, it's over. So it's difficult to kind of measure your expectations, but they're definitely there. Absolutely. And these next two years, I think are going to be crucial for Coach Cal. Okay, the Kentucky Wildcats are back in action tomorrow night against Duquesne, 6 p.m. Eastern on SEC Network, and then the Champions Classic next Tuesday against Michigan State, 6 o'clock on ESPN, followed by Duke and Kansas. Great stuff. Thank you so much, Lance Dodd. Folks, make sure you check out Locked on Kentucky for more on the Kentucky Wildcats. From the reigning National Player of the Year to talking about the reigning national champs who are currently selfless, and I don't mean they're thinking less about themselves and more of others, how's life for Kansas without their head coach for the first four games of the season? We'll find out about that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season, and it's your number one source for football betting and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online where the game starts. We are joined now on Locked On College Basketball by Derek Johnson, the host of Locked On Jayhawks. Kansas got off to a good start on opening night with an 89-64 victory over Omaha. Freshman Grady Dick led all scorers with 23 points, but it was a coach selfless night. He is suspended for four games, and that's exactly where I were on the start, Derek. What uh, What is Kansas doing in this four-game suspension for Coach Self? So Norm Roberts, who's been a longtime assistant for them, he's he's taken over as the interim guy. Curtis Townsend, uh, one of their top assistants, is is also out for the near term. Obviously, it's it's not a, a brutal schedule to open things up. They do have Duke next week for the right. Champions Classic. That'll be the big one that you don't have Coach Self for. But 
The opener against Omaha, that was a team in the 300s on Ken Palm. North Dakota State is a better team in the Summit League, but it's still not like a top 150 team or anything like that. And then Southern Utah, again, like not a top 150 team. So uh, it, it certainly is a little bit funny that, hey, we're going to we're gonna impose this sanction, but we ain't missing the Bahamas trip. Like I, I'm making my <laughs> way to Bahamas right. during Thanksgiving. That's absolutely right. And obviously it is going to be a bummer to not have Coach Self on the sideline for the Champions Classic, like the premier early season event for NCAA basketball. It looks like we might not have Oscar Shibwe on the court either for Kentucky in, in the other game. And so, yeah, we might be missing some of that star power. But as you alluded to, Coach Self will be back for Kansas to head down to the Bahamas for the battle for Atlantis. It's a great field. Uh, we've got um, Kansas along with Dayton, who's a top 25 team. USC, we could have a championship game with Tennessee what to me would be a top 10 matchup what are you looking forward to with getting coach self back on that trip and what the Jayhawks need to do yeah I mean actually I saw one betting site had Tennessee as the uh, favorite to win when it wasn't like that much different than what Kansas sure. was but that that's always a competitive field that and Maui are, are really two of the premier ones I think the last time Kansas was in the battle for Atlantis they uh, lost to Villanova in in one of the first couple games, and that was kind of similar to what they're going through this year. Like they have a a little bit of a younger team. They've got a lot of young players who are working together, and, and that was the case the last time they were in the battle for Atlantis. So if they do end up facing off, you know, you could have the Dayton rematch from last year when Dayton beat them in a preseason or, or pre-conference, however you want to put it, tournament <laughs> uh, over the course of Thanksgiving. You could have a rematch uh, possibly there. You could play Tennessee, who's sounded really good with some of their secret scrimmage news and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that, that should be a, a big time back, and they certainly need Bill Self back for that. But it does kind of work out, too, that over these first four games, like hypothetically, if they lose to Duke in the Champions Classic, we come around to March, and let's say Duke and Kansas are competing for the same seed line, you know, that could be a head-to-head tiebreaker, but you can also just point back now and they have kind of a built-in excuse and they can be like, well, Bill Self wasn't coaching. <laughs> yes, that's a great point. So uh, Kansas will start off with NC State. I, I love your reference. I rem- uh, Back to Kansas and Dayton playing. I remember well that matchup between Kansas and Dayton and Maui a couple years ago. I believe that was the COVID season. Had some Obi Toppin highlights going there. And so should be a lot of fun. Now, as we all know, Kansas is the reigning national champions, but does lose a lot lot of talent off that roster, including uh, Ochai Baji, David McCormick, Christian Brown. And uh, so you look at this roster, and I don't know that based on talent, it's worthy to me of a top 10 ranking, but you look at Coach Self, and that's that's why you get this type of ranking is based on him. But Kansas does bring back Jalen Wilson. You you love that. You love getting the inter-conference transfer and Kevin McCuller coming from Texas Tech. What do you see in these two guys specifically that will help this Kansas team live up to that top 10 ranking? Well, I think that in the case of Jalen Wilson, like he has to be a star. And he looked at that in the first game, 19 points, 11 rebounds, seven assists in the opener. We saw it a little bit as the season went on. He had a, a bit of a tough start to last year over the final 25 games. He averaged 13 points, eight rebounds. He was the go-to guy two years ago when he was a redshirt freshman, kind of playing a little bit at the five. He led KU in, in points in the Providence game in the Sweet 16. He led him in points in the national championship game. He's shown the ability to be that guy. He just at times maybe you defer a little bit because you have all those guys like Christian <laughs> Brown right. and Baji, right? So I, I think the path is there that he should be an All-American candidate. If he can be a Big 12 Player of the Year type of guy, then you are that All-American candidate, and I think that's what he should be. Grady Dick looks like a, a star shooting the basketball. Those guys can be your, your kind of go-to options, and that's where Kevin McCuller kind of fits in. Him and Jalen have this long-standing relationship. 
I mean, you look at Ken Palm last season. Texas Tech was the number one defense in the country right. in adjusted defensive efficiency. Kevin McCuller was the best defensive player on the best defensive team in the country. <laughs> so he comes into Kansas. He can handle the ball a little bit. Something they were so good at last year was getting in transition, having a bunch of guys who were wings who could grab a rebound and dribble it up themselves and, and pass around. He can do those things. Um, he's obviously a really good defender. And, and that's the key for Kansas. Um, they're they're going to have a young team that's going to take some times with with guys like Ernest Uday or MJ Rice or Zuby Edge for whoever it is with some of these young players who do have some talent, but it's like I said, going to take a little bit of time to where if Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson, if those two players can both be like top five to seven players in the Big Twelve, which is not like unthinkable that that could happen, right? And the defense comes around it because you have interesting defensive pieces. Dewan Harris, good defender. Kevin McCuller, really good defender. Uh, KJ Adams, really switchable, good defender. If some of those young freshman centers can be shot blockers, that if you have a good defense and you have two of the better players in the conference or in the country, that's the recipe for how this team ends up as a top five, top 10 team. Otherwise, you do have some questions right now about how many guys they can have who can create buckets for them and who can score consistently. Yes, absolutely. And uh, you talked about Grady Dick, who would be the most heralded freshman of this group, as we already said, led all scorers on opening night with 23 points. But there's another freshman that I think people might not have heard of yet or might be overlooking again, uh, overlooking, and that's MJ Rice, who due to some lower back issues didn't play against Omaha. How do you think he can be a key contributor for this Jayhawks team? Yeah, so he he's someone who he, he just needs to find kind of a footing. And when you look at the rotation for KU, there's going to be room for like an MJ Rice or a Joe Yasufu or KJ Adams or someone to kind of play along that wing, whether it's a second lead guard next to Dewan Harris, or if it is that kind of wing guy like MJ Rice who could play like two through four and be really good in, in a system like this. Bill Self said at KU Media Day about a week or two ago that MJ's a guy that right now he's, he's thinking a lot. He, he's not. Uh, fully going into all the athleticism that we know that he has. And then he said he envisions MJ Rice is going to be someone who's a lot better in February than mm -hmm. he is to start this season. So I think right now it's you're, you're coming off the back injury. Uh, you maybe don't you know totally trust or, or know what your role is yet, and you're trying to figure out what that's going to be, and you're looking to maybe crack the rotation a little bit. It, it's just going to take – because we've seen this before with other freshmen that's where right. like Kelly Oubre wasn't playing a ton early in his that's season. By the time we get to Big 12 play, he's playing 25, 30 minutes in a game. So maybe the, the path is there for MJ Rice, but it's going to take him kind of trusting in to that process that, that KU is putting in front of him. Okay, Kansas preseason tied for number five with conference foe Baylor. Uh, can the Big 12 get a third straight, straight national championship? We're going to have to look out for that. The Jayhawks are back in action tonight against North Dakota State, 8 o'clock Eastern on ESPN+. And, of course, the Champions Classic against, final, uh, against fellow Final Four competitor from last year, the Duke Blue Devils, first year with coach John Shire and a whole host of young and talented freshmen. That'll come at 9.30 a approximately on ESPN following the Kentucky and Michigan State game. Derek Johnson, thanks so much for your time. You all make sure you check out Locked on Jayhawks. That's it for today's episode of Locked on College Basketball. My thanks to Lance Daw, the host of Locked on Kentucky, and Derek Johnson, the host of Locked on Jayhawks, for joining us today to get us up to speed on those teams and what's going on with some of their missing personnel. Tomorrow, my co-host Andy Patton will be back to preview Michigan State Gonzaga happening on Friday night and for some Big East talk. Thanks for making Locked On College Basketball your first listen. And now for your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. 
the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reaction, the biggest news, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button and leave some comments. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow, but until then, peace.